0: Hi, I'm Angela Lovell, psychic witch, best-selling author, and today I'm going to tell you how to walk with the goddess. Welcome to Dear Witchy Poo. Dear Witchy Poo, you've talked about working with a lot of different goddesses and deities. How do I know which one is right for me? And how do I go about calling them in? And maybe this is the dumbest question of all, but how do I know when they're here? Thanks for the guidance, oh my goddess. I've talked a lot about people who identify as men stepping into their divine feminine as of late, but recently I realized the dudes were doing it, but the women were not. I have female clients who ask about love, but first with the disclosure of feeling basic. And when I swapped readings recently with the divine Karen Rentowski, which holy shit I'll talk about in my Patreon, I added the same basic witch disclosure myself. I was a uh, um, can I ask a super lame love question? Then Karen did it when it was her turn too. We both turned ourselves out as basic just for wanting to know about our love lives. When did we all start jamming ourselves for wanting love? I love love. And my other darling psychic friend, Doreen in Casadega, who many of you have been going to, I heard when I went over to check my P.O. Box. Also, thank you for the cards, packages, vegan cheese coupons. I'm P.O. Box 13 in Casadega, Florida, and I like hearing from you and getting stickers. Oh my God, you guys have sent me so much Lisa Frank stuff that I'm going to make a resin Lisa Frank toilet seat. I'm probably going to put lights in it. It's going to Ugh, I don't know. This is going to be very strange. Anyway, so Doreen saw how lit my chakras were, with the exception of my heart chakra. It's lit, but cloudier than the others. My kundalini serpent is fine and ascended, but my heart chakra looks like it's struggling to keep up with the rest, and I feel it. In my last life, my heart literally failed me, and I died way too soon. But I was emotionally brokenhearted in that life and physically punished that same heart. My heart chakra requires the most attention of all my chakras. It's always been this way, which is probably why pink and green are my favorite colors for clothes and crystals. I have way too many pets and touch is my most necessary love language. Seriously, if my partner doesn't want to have sex with me at least twice a day, I assume they hate me. Sex is an expression of love for me, and that's also because my Venus is in Scorpio. But I haven't had sex in nearly three years. Uh, Maybe it has been three years. God, Jesus. So I called an Aphrodite a few months ago to help me balance my own masculine feminine, which seems to be in check these days, thank goddess. And in doing so, I've become sensitive to all the women around me, clients and friends who also need to step into their divine feminine. I'm always walking with Hecate, but I dedicated my entire bedroom to Aphrodite, which is going to make for one serious fuck den once I get my shit together regarding my heart chakra and a very interesting development I'll touch on momentarily. But the goddess I really feel lately is Babylon. I think she's coming in hot for a lot of us. In the last episode, Carolyn Elliott and I touched on this for a quick minute, but it's believed that Jack Parsons and Ron L. Hubbard successfully conjured Babylon in 1946. Babylon, spelled B-A-B-A-L-O-N, is an ancient Egyptian goddess brought to life in the writings of my man, Aleister Crowley. She is known as the Scarlet Woman, Great Mother, or Mother of Abominations. She represents the female sexual impulse and the liberated woman, and is believed to have brought on feminism after the big daddy of Scientology and hot scientist-occultist Parsons called her in. She is Aphrodite and Mars before they were split into male and female, goddess of love and god of war. I have a lot of Mars in my chart, but no Aphrodite except for my north and south nodes I came in Taurus, I'm going out Scorpio, in as Aphrodite, out as Mars. So I'm often drawn to partners who have that sweet goddess of love energy to balance me and my very like Aries, Mars, uh, God of War. It is so beautiful in a man who embraces it. Um, This includes men with Libra. My first husband was double Libra and Taurus placements. But I don't want to get into a big ass astrology, big ass -ass astrology, Uh, Lesson Babylon really reminds me of Hedvig and the Angry Inch, one of my most favorite creations of all time. Hedvig gives literal pieces of themselves in effort to mesh with a soulmate. The Origin of Love is a beautiful song about humankind getting all jacked up by Zeus and Osiris. Uh, The latter, uh, I'm pretty sure, was my old boss um, who I spoke with in my Crow journey story. I'm pretty sure it's in episode one. So the myth from Aristophanes' speech in Plato's Symposium explains that human beings were once round, two-faced, four-armed, and four-legged creatures. Hedwig sings about this and how Zeus split us up from our soulmates with Osiris scattering our souls, so we have to work to find each other again. Hedwig believes themselves to be only half, not whole, without their counterpart. But by the end of the journey... Hedvig realizes they are whole on their own, but before that realization comes, Hedvig falls in love and goes to war multiple times. Hedvig starts with a victim mentality that eventually grows into goddess serenity when they admit there is no other half. If anything, there are a dozen soulmates, all meant to teach us how to be better at being whole. That film is one of the greatest loves of my life. I'll never forget seeing it in a Manhattan theater just after 9-11 with one of my favorite Geminis, Chuck, who bawled his eyes out at the end. God, I love a man who cries freely. Babylon, Hedwig, you, me, Chuck, we all have love and war in us. And both of those passions must be honored to truly walk with the goddess. No goddess is just all love and light, not even Aphrodite. I mean, especially Aphrodite. Google everything all the time, but Aphrodite is who cursed my other man, Pan, with his doomed love for Echo. She repeatedly has given into vanity, jealousy, and rage. She has burned a lot of bridges and has enjoyed some serious hell-hath-no-fury moments, just like the rest of us. If anything, the least goddess action is taking no action. You are less goddess-like by not screaming the fucking house down when you've been wronged. You are without her when pretending everything is fine as the world burns around you. You are furthest from the goddess when refusing to admit you have power and using your power. I've always wanted to give natural childbirth. Our bodies are designed to handle the pain and there's a sort of feminist machoism to the whole thing, at least for me. Natural childbirth is love and war. I've watched videos of it and always burst into tears when the mama finally pushes the baby out. The pain leading to euphoria astounds me, and that we can just bring souls in like this is real life magic. Gender is bullshit, and I honor whatever anyone identifies as. But if you have what you consider a physical vagina, you probably noticed that you also have a target. People without vaginas might not fully comprehend what I'm saying. As someone who survived a lot of sexual assault, I can tell you vaginas are targeted because they are a source of power and magic. And my own has never successfully created life, but she has seen miscarriages and trauma and a whole lot of magic. However, I recently had a client who definitely does not consider themselves in possession of a vagina. Yet there was so much birth coming in about their path here they have a very special mission that's going to change the world for a lot of people they have been targeted by hateful types who see a sort of magical vaginal element in them the ability to create life and magic so again gender be damned even if you do not possess what you consider a physical vagina you are in possession of a power source many of us are targeted for our power that's why we all need to learn to step into it and walk with the goddess for protection, if nothing else. Um, kind of making this vaginal point because goddess, not god. It just you—you you don't need to come for me. I'm on your side. So when I started opening myself up to Babylon, my vagina went haywire. I was m. Um, masturbating multiple times a day I just readjusted some stuff with last night's full moon I thought maybe things which they're not um most uh, freakishly I've been bleeding for months um but more on that in a moment when I was working with just Aphrodite my relationship to violence and suffering changed I stopped reading about public shootings a long time ago, an effort to take power from the act. Remember that bearing witness is a way to give your power. Don't say their names. Let's stop putting them in headlines. There are so many reasons people go shoot up a school and hurt others. We're giving fame. We're giving fucking fame to them. Um, I will protest and fight, but I am discerning about what I will witness. I've been having a hard time with violent films and TV ever since calling in this, like, crazy Aphrodite love energy, and I love horror movies. But at the same time, the violence of slaughterhouses that used to break me down and incapacitate me daily no longer weighs on me. Uh, There's a big reason for that, too. Some really fun work. Um... Some people still need to see Slaughterhouse footage to know what's on their plate. Some people need to watch films about slavery and the Holocaust to truly comprehend what went down so that they can become allies. You have got to be, you can't just talk. You have to take action. Visually, I saw this, God, I'm totally, I saw this lecture, um, God, I don't know, like 10 years ago in New York, and it was about when you know we didn't have like we we uh, he, Americans didn't have visuals of what was happening in the holocaust it wasn't until vietnam that that Americans really even got to see what was going on and because of that it changed and it did make us more proactive and people protest and people turn out now it is still necessary this is st- we do need to be seeing this the point i'm making uh, I speak up like I'll stand up on the fucking subway and go to town with somebody who's harassing a woman or being a racist. I you will you will never see me not taking action in a moment like that. Um, and I'm probably going to have been harmed physically in those moments. I'm probably going to get my ass beat again and again. I can't not. There's my Mars. OK, well, there's a great thing about Mars, I guess. So. All right. All right what I'm saying, we need cameras on police so we can police them. And I'm grateful to everyone who will not look away so that they can find the inspiration and rage necessary to speak up and use their voices on behalf of the voiceless. Um, But to summarize, the sloppy point I'm making is when I was channeling only Aphrodite, I got a little soft. I could not stop aching for my dogs who died last year of old age or for the wild squirrels who bonded with me, yet I failed to protect. You can go see all the videos in my Instagram still. Some nights I'll just like drink a gin cocktail. Gin cocktail. I chill gin and put it in a glass. That's my gin cocktail. I'll just drink gin and watch videos of Penny and just cry. But like happy tears now because things have shifted. I could not forgive myself for losing any of them. Then my guides told me, you're supposed to mourn, but if you keep grieving, you fail to honor the lesson they came here to teach. I knew my guides were right, but I didn't stop grieving. Then I was on the astral plane and the spirit of animals appeared. It looked like a big old lemur raccoon koala thing and had these flat, dark blue crystal agate eyes that were spinning in its skull, like in its eye sockets. The spirit of animals repeated what my guides had told me. I said, it's just so hard when they die. Then the spirit said, you of all people know death isn't real. And I was like, oh, touche, motherfucker. And it added, you get to grieve. But if you continue to mourn, you do not honor the lesson that spirit came here to teach you. And you will be taught the lesson again. Only next time it will hurt even more. So I Bodhisattva up. All of my best teachers have been animals. I honor them and the spirits of loved ones who have passed, but I no longer hold on to my grief. I welcome bodhisattva energy in, and I accept that I'm here to teach compassion on behalf of the voiceless. I do believe animal spirits are superior to ours. If you think I'm crazy, look at your fucking dog and tell me I'm wrong. Animals outrank us. No one can change my mind. They are our greatest teachers matched only by the souls we bring in as our children. Well, or the people we love around us are bringing in fabulous children to teach us. I'm having the fucking best teachers of my life or two children. So, who I did not, I did not convert to. After meeting the spirit of animals and applying their lesson, the goddess really started coming in hot for me. I mean, like, my whole world is completely reshaped. And it was because I gave up my suffering. I, I mean, yeah, it's a victim mentality for sure. The, 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 the thing I was putting myself through and, and like lots of my animal rights activist friends, you know, we just hurt, hurt, hurt. But this is why I encourage meditating with Bodhisattva. Uh, There's just, you know, she It's the Buddha who didn't—who will not transcend until we can all be free. And man, like, that is the shit. That energy is amazing. So the goddess does not wallow. She hurts. She screams. She throws stuff. She definitely sticks up for herself. She sticks up for the people she loves and underdogs. She might even internet stalk for a minute after a bad breakup. But then she moves on. And great news, OMG— You can work and shed work with all the goddesses. It doesn't really matter which one comes in as long as you're channeling that sweet divine high priestess energy, which is a little different than goddess, but we're going to talk about crown in a minute. Okay. It's not that you even have to be vibrating at your highest frequency. The goddess will come when you invite her. All of you. I don't care if you fucking don't even identify as someone having an armpit. It doesn't matter. Anybody can conjure the goddess. Well, I shouldn't, okay, a note on conjuring and a few. Don't conjure, just invite. I'm sorry. We're going to get to that. So the other day, oh, wait, wait, I'm going, okay, I have notes. (laughs) Weeks ago, okay, my guides told me to stop doing magic. No more banishing, manifesting, carving into candles, peeing around my house in the middle of the night, none of it. So for the last few weeks, months, 24-7, all I'm allowed to do is channel goddess. Uh, And this has been really weird. I mean, the other day when my mom stopped by to give me a box of basically garbage that she wanted to pick apart and do show and tell with while standing outside in the sun, I was short with her. I was hungry and annoyed. I took the box, told her I love her, and climbed my stairs thinking, was I just un like to her? I could have been kinder or more patient, but I was hot and bored and communicated my needs. Communicating without shame is very motherfucking goddess-like. Walking with the goddess does not mean you won't be irritable or sad or confused or mean, but it will help temper those things. Remember to be careful, I just started talking about this, with conjuring versus inviting. Most deities do not enjoy being conjured. I mean, I don't know, you know when, like I have conjured goddesses, but they were like, get your shit together and we're talking tonight. Like it's been very clear that inviting was not, uh, I don't know, like a big enough thing fanfare for this. So anyway, but for the most part, invite, do not conjure. Um I tell people this all the time when they book mediumship readings, even the dead like to rest. You know, goddesses, dead. Everybody wants to rest. It's a little different with the goddess, you don't, but you don't you never want to go yanking on a goddess. It's just not gonna go well. So Resetting yourself to vibrate on her level will help naturally call call her in without pissing her off. Hakate first started coming in for me when my ex was terrorizing me. I kept saving dogs. For weeks, they were running out in front of my car and I'd hit the brakes, get all the other cars to stop, like almost get hit by cars myself, and save the damn dog. In one month, I had saved about six random dogs from being hit by cars. Another symbol for Hakate is keys. If you're seeing something pop up repeatedly, where like, I mean, I, I could not ignore these dogs. She was being very clear. You need to Google it. If you see stuff and it's very prominent, even if, you know, even if it's just something that's on your mind when you're falling asleep, damn, pay, pay attention to the things you think about when you're falling asleep, by the way, but more so your dreams. Anyway, um, it's usually God is trying to make herself known and you don't have to be operating at your highest vibration. Remember that Hecate literally pulled Persephone out of hell. So let's start with the triple goddess, that symbol with the three moon phases. It's actually neo-pagan. The original mirrors the three phases of the moon, crescent, full, and dark moon, Hecate's moon. The goddess, just like the moon, has three faces. So we have phases and faces. Maiden, mother, crone you can google all sorts of things about this and you definitely should but i'm going to tell you what they have always meant for me personally for starters i don't consider them three placements on a person's timeline or even linear at all i mean the moon is constantly changing and so are we time isn't real and there's no beginning middle end especially these fucking days oh my god future me has been popping in with messages for present me my whole life so okay when i walk with the maiden I'm curious, experimental, and allowing my inner children to come to the surface to play. Funny enough, I actually think I was born into a crone phase. One of my first memories in this lifetime was crawling my mother's strawberry patch along the stream and coming face to face with a turtle that stared right into my eyes while chomping on a strawberry. And I remember thinking, this, this is what I'm here for. My animal communication has been through the roof in the last year, and it's about to get even more intense. According to, well, according to Doreen and um, Karen, too. But I just know because they keep throwing shit at me like, oh, God, even these squirrels today. (laughs) It's always a squirrel. No, it's not always squirrel. It's been a lot of snakes lately, actually. Okay, so I think about feeling that turtle's reaction to me back before I was conditioned by the world and could communicate so clearly with the animals, people, and angels guarding me that turtle wasn't afraid of me it didn't retreat into its shell i got right in its face and it just stared into my eyes chomping away i was at my most psychic and my highest vibration when i was still just a crawling baby side note please consider not circumcising your your children so many men in america have problems i don't i just don't want i'm not going to lecture i'm sure lots of you already have and lots of you listening are circumcised It's all fine i can feel a very big difference in the vibration of a circumcised versus uncircumcised person with a penis, it's very traumatizing. And considering we're losing so much when we come in as babies, like let's just like not cut fucking genitals off. It is genital mutilation. So just something to consider if you're planning to bring in a teacher through your body, whatever. No judgment here. I'm just telling you what I've seen. Anyway, I remember seeing my father whom I have no interaction with now, just as he truly was. I could clearly see his good traits and the fears he was hiding from the world. I saw everyone and everything as they were, and I was gifted these memories of infancy. Later, my brain would work over time to black out memories that hindered my body and mind, but the ones from infancy are pure gold, and I cannot believe how many memories I have of being a baby. So, and I've always had them. It wasn't like I... They got unlocked at some point. So, when I return to these memories, these ch- these infancy memories, I feel the facade of the world overriding my true vision of it. This sight and ascension in the crone phase is very much like the high priestess energy but I only took 10 years between lifetimes, which is not a very long rest, and I've always been a mystic in my earthly forms. However, I do think a lot of us come in as crone. Then we get bogged down with all the bullshit of conforming by others who were also robbed of their true vision, and the cycle keeps repeating itself. So, the maiden face is new, spirited, and most importantly, curious. She is exploration. She admits there is much to learn. And the greatest thing about the maiden phase, I'm saying face, end phase, you can always access your maiden. She is playful and admits there is like just worlds beyond what she can even grasp. She is humble. She questions everything shamelessly. She admits what she doesn't know. She is often seeking a mentor. And she is sexual. She likes to experiment. She has not seen enough damage yet to exercise caution. She is Persephone before her abduction. The maiden is fun. The maiden is just letting the inner children off their leash. Leashes. You shouldn't keep all your inner children on one leash. That's crazy. (laughs) The astral plane child services shows up. This is so fun. I wish Ryan were here. So the next phase is the mother, and probably the least fun. Oh, God, I'm going to spend a lot of time on the mother because it's the one that I have to work on the most. Okay, my children from my last life are still alive and in this world. God, and I just got a, another book in the mail about the. Okay, and when I made a contract to bring in new souls in this body right now, the one I'm talking with, I didn't realize how overlapping the lives of my last children were. Uh, who I kind of do feel like I abandoned a little bit, um, even before I physically, uh, it's fine. Anyway, um, I didn't know how that would affect me. A few days ago, my guides pointed out that I stopped having sex or even dating at the beginning of 2019 when I went off birth control. I didn't realize it was when I went off birth control. Uh, then I did my daily card pull which I've been doing a lot of lately. Um, And boom, Princess of Disks. I only use the Top Deck by Crowley. Can't recommend it enough. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. Um, It is advanced, yes. But I think it's way easier to read. Maybe that's just because it's like my... Anyway. I do think it's easier to read. There's so much in every single card. So, um, sorry, I'm trying not to burp into my microphone. Uh, and a lot of information. You'll never stop learning about it. It's it's a very, like, God, every time I try to read somebody else, like if I go to somebody's house and they got a cool deck or, I don't know, people always buy me cat decks, which I love. But then I sit down to read and I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> that, is my, that is my deck. Um, so I pull Princess of Discs all the time, nearly every day. Three cards and nearly every day I'm pulling her. She represents a fresh, vivacious, dark haired woman, full of creativity, grounded, very earth mother, very earth mother, which I, you guys hear me talk all the time about connecting to your mama earth. She is, I feel like, I feel like it's, um, cause I, I'm near a lot of family right now, but like, that's the most fam- family feeling I have is connecting to my mother earth. Um, Princess of Discs is also pregnant. Now, I have been interpreting this as I'm about to give birth to a very big project, as in stregzy.com which just had its very soft launch in New York. Please check it out, Stregsy.com. Um, show notes, blah, blah, blah. Um, but but the pool uh, that I'm telling you guys about that just happened, the three cards were uh, kind of romantic around her. Well, the two around her. Anyway, so I closed my eyes and I asked my guides, are you trying to tell me I give birth to an actual baby? Blood basically blasted out of my vagina. You guys, I'm so fucked up over this one. As soon as I started working with Babylon, I started talking to men again, and I started bleeding. nonstop every day. If you work with Babylon, you'll find she's a lot like... Lilith but like more even killed I think yeah she also doesn't quite move in the shadows and um, like not to ever diss Lilith but Babylon feels um, big more big picture Lilith is great for details Uh, Lilith is definitely who you want to call in to banish the energy of exes Uh, Lilith is great for a lot of things Babylon though kind of has that like sexy, sinister, femme fatale vibe, but not slinky. Like, just, like, more stompy, I guess. <laughs> so, okay, anyway. So my blood bath it had only been a trickle and, like, just a, like, a just a, like, just a leaky faucet. I'd been wearing black underwear. I didn't even need my cup. When I asked that question... I don't even, like, my regular period never even does that. It, like, super soaked my thighs with blood. I'm still too shook to interpret it. And maybe it was a very big yes, you're going to get pregnant, which I'm still very just really uh, just on the fence. No, I'm just, I don't go near that thought, honestly. Um, Maybe it was saying death to human birth and my reproductive organs. Maybe it is stregsy. I'm just going with the flow, pun intended. Uh, I do not actively want a baby though, and I never really have. I just don't ever get a partner I'd breed with. Like, I just don't. There's never been, and damn, dudes are always trying to get me pregnant. So, anyway. Maybe I'm bleeding to enforce a dick-free war zone. Like, I really don't know. I'm gonna I I'm am going to keep looking into this, obviously. And everybody's like, you gotta go to a doctor. And I'm like, no, it's metaphysical. It's my my vagina's fine. But Ani DeFranco says it best with the lyrics, My cunt is built like a wound that won't heal. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, wounds are our teachers. I love that lyric. Okay, so I've been ovulating. I don't have any of the symptoms of premature menopause. I'm crazy horny. My lower lit chakras are raging. Even Doreen was like, damn, the light down here is bright. And I, I, oh, I did tell her actually. I was like, I'm masturbating like three times a day, Doreen. So anyway, maybe this is all from working with Babylon. I don't know. I don't know. I do know the children who come in through us, and this includes the ones we adopt as well, the ones our beloved family members have. These are our greatest teachers. I explore, I okay, you don't have to have children, though, to explore your mother face. Here we go. I'm getting back on track. You know, I explore it. I hope you can't hear this. This cat trying to ruin my recording. I explore my mother phase. I'm not going to cut this, you guys. You know I'm too fucking lazy with this podcast as it is. I explore my mother phase with a variety of partners and friends who need my love, support, wisdom, guidance, whatever, hugs. I mother my clients. I mother my pets like this loud ass cat. Oh, it stopped. And I mother a shit ton of plants. My mother, these children, I'm lucky enough to get to help raise. Um, and just a reminder, all this applies no matter what genitals you have or don't have or how you identify. The mother face of the goddess to me is when we get to apply our strengths, lessons, courage and generosity to nurture other people, animals and the planet. It is not necessarily about being a literal mother, which is my greatest fear in this life. That's my greatest fear fucking sucks. Um, it's fine. This, this Menopause is going to have to get me eventually. and Then I can, <laughs> I can stop bleeding and start breathing as a relief. Instead, it is showing compassion and caring for something or someone outside of yourself. This is one of my most favorite stories. And you've heard me tell it on This Where the Magic Happens, but I've actually pulled the quote for this. Meryl Streep had a partner who died of cancer in the 1970s. Robert De Niro paid this actor's health insurance so he could star in The Deer Hunter alongside De Niro. Meryl Streep acted in a series overseas far from her beloved just so she could pay for his cancer treatment. In the end, the man died anyway. People gave her grief about all the money and work she threw into loving him and trying to save him. Meryl said something that applies to all of us stepping into our divine feminine and embracing the mother face of the goddess. She said, Would there be any hang-up if this were a mother talking about her son? Service is the only thing that's important about love. Everybody is worried about losing yourself. All this narcissism. Duty. We can't stand that idea now either. But duty might be a suit of armor you put on to fight for your love. End quote. This is very important right now. So Babylon brought us feminism, which we still need. But that pendulum is a swinging. We have been taught not to love wholeheartedly for so long, not to depend on a partner or to be independent. We are whole. We do not need to find our halves, which is gorgeous and important, all of that. But now we are dealing with the barriers we've constructed to protect ourselves. We, and this is the thing that I, this is the hardest argument, argument? No, discussion. I don't know why I said argument. When I talk to my friends or... Well, the clients usually already know when they when they book me that this is something. We are emasculating men. We are It's it's not as like it's not like oh just by being a strong woman. No, it's not that, but we have been we've been taking some of their power away in a variety of ways. Men are We're having a moment, ladies. People with vaginas We have uh, some power right now. And we have got to be so careful not to abuse it. This, fucking Bill Cosby, I don't even want to talk about it, but it's fine. It's fine, catalyst. We were supposed to get angry again about something. I hope you're angry and being proactive because that's the job right now. This is you know, with great power comes great responsibility. It's true. With great power comes great responsibility, Spider-Man. So keep that in mind. We got to get our pendulum in the middle for all the different people, no matter how they identify, no matter who they love, we have got to balance our divine feminine with our masculine. So Sarah Silverman and I share a lot of planets, including Sag Sun, Sag Rising, and Venus and Scorpio. Brag, brag, brag. She has talked. I love her so much. We also were um, big time bedwaters our whole lives. And she's vegetarian. Look at her skin. Look, look how fucking well you age if you don't eat all the, the um, slaughterhouse nasties. Um, basically, it's eating misery and fear, you know. So she has talked about losing herself in love a lot. And it always resonates with me. The word she uses that makes me cringe and my vagina bleed is subservient. We all want to be able to trust a partner so much that we can get lost in that love. But we've all been burned before. And I'm going to talk about being subservient because I do think only recently in exploring these Babylon fucking urges, there's like, there's some power in being debased in like consenting to be subservient. There is power there too. Okay, so we've all been burned before. Yet this concept of loving a person the way we would love our own child is so profound and brave. I believe I've done it before. You probably have too. And maybe that's the hesitation, is the hurt it caused to cut that cord and how difficult and arduous the road back to ourselves was to travel My chest is so hot right now. My heart chakra is fucking going nuts. I'm pouring my water to it. Well, good. There, she's bright. She's bright for a moment at least. The mother face supports but does not coddle. She lets her guard down so that she can let love in. And, yeah, Meryl Streep is obviously a cancer. Same birthday as Elizabeth Warren, actually. My first was – this is – But I've probably told this story on where magic happens too. My first husband got to escort her to an event party thing, um, Meryl, because he was a beautiful double Libra, Aphrodite, Master 11, Master Manifestor. And he had some really cool jobs. He said Meryl Streep was the most beautiful woman he'd ever encountered. And of course, I wasn't jealous at all because of course he's right. Um, Renee Zellweger hit on him at that event. And I was jealous about that. I'm delighted by it now though, because goddess energy. So mothering as the goddess is very special in the sense that the giving does not deplete you. It restores your energy. Meryl actually won an Emmy for the series she did to financially support her partner. The generosity of the mother comes with rewards. It creates new life within you. It's almost like Reiki in the way it changes your energy. It's not an easy balance. And I still encourage boundaries with this practice but if you seek it, you will find a way to be recharged from your generosity instead of depleted by it. Showing love creates more love. (sighs) This is the one I struggle with the most. The mother is finding strength and vulnerability. The mother is love, and love is fucking terrifying. And now for the crone. Many will never achieve a crone phase in their lifetime, but they should always be reaching for it. A lot of witches are working to take back Crone, the way I am constantly trying to make Bitch a positive and not a negative. The Crone is basically wisdom. She is the High Priestess. I just revisited my birth tarot cards. And because I am a master number, I have two tarot cards. Um, the High Priestess and the Lust card, which is Babylon in Crowley's deck. I came in with High Priestess energy but I have enjoyed fighting dirty, wallowing, and choosing to surround myself with people who will hurt and take more than they will give. The crone is when we stop putting energy into being fuckable or rich or famous. I mean, the crone is when we truly see the facade. We rest, reflect, and let a tsunami of enlightenment crash over us. The crown is peace and your kundalini serpent reaching your crown chakra. The crown, the crown, the crown, the crown, the crown, crown, the crown, crown. The crown doesn't give a fuck. She takes nothing personally. She keeps her eyes on her own path. And her path just keeps going up. Hmm. I have found a way to carry and change these faces throughout my day but it's a spiritual practice that requires constant work. And you should always be asking yourself, what is my spiritual practice and how can I make it better? Every day try to ask that. It doesn't matter which goddess you invite in, Hecate, Babylon, Aphrodite, Lilith, Diana, because here is what I know, mm, Hedvig. Mm. If any of these deities were to take a vacation or rent a condo or look for hired help, she would be seeking the best possible option for herself. What you need to focus on is how high the goddess sets the bar for herself. Her energy encourages you to do the same. Her energy assures you that you are worth it. And when you invite that energy in and really absorb it, you can't help but ascend. You have to ascend. Before you can transcend, before you can walk through walls, you have to let go of your body. Before you can fly, you have to cut cords to gravity and to people who are more weight than they are inspiration. So Karen Rantowski and I recently swapped readings. Karen is the most, for sure, just like phenomenal human being, honestly. Just, I don't know, we got so close in the last couple months and it's just so rad. Um, but this is seriously the best reading swap I've ever had in my life. If you guys are sick of readings with me, book on with her. We, I know too, like we had a cord where I just could see so much stuff for her. Like I could, it was so easy to read her and she, it was so easy for her to read me. Um, and it's funny because with friends, you know, you want to like interpret stuff. You want to, and we, neither of us had that problem. It was so good. Um, but at the very beginning, she said to me, do you know why you've been so happy lately? I'm almost embarrassed by how happy I've been. I hadn't mentioned it to anybody because it feels obscene to be so happy without the usual things that always brought me happiness. I haven't been with a man in years, but I walk around feeling a truly euphoric love of myself. It's a love I used to need to feel another person experiencing over me. I've been dancing and singing and masturbating and dressing up only for myself, which I kind of thought meant I was just going mad. Even during my sadness and anxiety crashes, which still come, I know my worth. Karen said, you're so happy because you left all that bullshit behind and you know what's coming next. Um, my guides won't let me talk about what's coming next on here, but I, maybe, I'm maybe i probably going to tell you guys on Patreon. Seriously, how do I not? I'm such a blabbermouth in there. Anyway, I know Karen's right. I've left so much dead skin behind. And if you're a patron, you know I've been working with snake power animals who keep physically materializing before me, all of them in dark orange, which is the color of being pragmatic and is my aura. Well, it's one of the colors of my aura. Um, It's the color of my blinging horny chakras down below. I have a lot of work to do lately. And I mean, there's a lot to unpack about a snake totem. So um, let's talk about making ourselves happy. What are the most common ways we bring ourselves down and settle for the facade the world presents instead of bust and loose with our own divine version of it? Ask for what you want. Everywhere you go. Everyone you speak to, ask for exactly what you want. Don't pick the cheese off. Tell them that you don't want cheese on that sandwich. I mean, seriously, dairy is full of pus and blood. My family has always compared me, mostly lovingly, to Elaine from Seinfeld. And like, I'm just like, oh, that's cute. They don't know any New Yorkers. Like every New Yorker is probably Elaine to that. You know, that's just what I've always assumed. Um, but I know it's also because I'm a bitch. And to me, a bitch is simply a woman who gets what she wants, usually by asking for it, even if it disrupts the flow of others. She is unafraid, knows what she deserves, and asks for it. Sometimes she has to fight for it. Humans have a tendency to take so many things personally. We attach our own assumptions to the actions or a lack of action of others. I have been forcing myself to ask questions that make me uncomfortable about other people. My Leo moon wants to make everyone feel attractive, loved, and safe all the time. Leo is the stage mother of the Zodiac. I mean, and we like, <laughs> we all... <laughs> We also want everybody to be our stage mother. I want to bring out the best in everyone I love. And sometimes that involves asking hard, uncomfortable questions. And this opens the door for others to ask about you. Stop taking things personally. Almost nothing is about you. People are imperfect, insane, and self-absorbed. Don't take their bullshit to heart. The goddess sticks to her own path without making presumptions about the motives of others. She stays in her lane and concentrates on what's in front of her. She knows a person's reaction to her is mostly defined by their own shortcomings and triggers. And it actually has very little to do with her. I'm going to talk more about this too. Social media. I stopped doing it. I post, but I don't really watch. I had a forced break when I was too busy to look at my phone and my guide's voices came in so clearly that my own voice got stronger. There are people I love on social, but their voices, no matter how beautiful and valid, were drowning out my own. For the last few weeks, I've totally stopped participating. If I log to post and see anything, I comment on it. I have a lot of voyeurs who watch my stuff. It is really fucking creepy. But you, I, I'm sure you're listening too. you guys, like the numbers of people who watch my every single story I post, but then the ones who aren't following me or liking my posts, it's creepy. Um, You know, likes don't run out. They don't cost a thing. When I log in, I like, 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 whatever I see for a quick moment, just to support my friends, show my mother face and then go about my business. I try to share my exuberance and encouragement with my friends who are posting their precious little hearts out. I post too, but it's mostly just an exercise in vulnerability lately. I will never scroll without liking. If I see it, I like it. I mean, unless you're posting pictures of barbecue for obvious reasons. I plan to do an entire episode on social media since my crazy black lodge download started a few months ago. Um, and I got like, and this is also when I stopped really looking at social. Um, I got like really great. <coughs> Sorry, I actually have a cold right now. Isn't that funny? The common cold survives in the time of COVID. Um yeah, but I saw like the true purpose of social media for mankind and it's really fucking freaky. Um in the meantime, until I get my act together and Make an episode, I don't know, who knows. Um, If you like to hear my content become a patron, I do a lot more there. So in the meantime, ask yourself which accounts you look at because you like to wallow in the mud on your sad little belly because being sad is kind of thrilling and which accounts give you legs and inspire you to crawl out of the muck and evolve. I had a really big influencer who came at me over a year ago, and she seemed great. We never actually spoke, just messaged. And she started to bring me down so much. She would only check in for psychic advice, which you guys know I hate when friends try to take from me. It's one thing when it's like, SOS, do I have a tumor? I mean, for real, Nadia, you no, know, you have no tumors. You're fine. Um, but <laughs> I love her so much. But. Um, Today she's like, you don't have COVID, and I, and I was like, yeah, I know, I already got the down, but I did think I had COVID from it. Um, it's just a cold. Um, but this person, this influencer, would send me photos of guys she was talking to online, like just in Tinder, and she would ask me to snoop them, which, like, I can snoop people. I mean, it's I don't like to. I'll I. I don't like to do it, honestly. Um, but I'm not going to snoop this guy. She sent me a guy who was drawing pictures of the severed torsos of like big breasted naked women who were like bound in barbed wire, like very black dolly shit. And she's like, what do you get from him? He's a Sagittarius. And I was like, okay, our friendship is over. That's that. That's fucking that, you guys. Her pain was so big. Who looks at that man and says, hmm, that might be partner material. No, like, don't get me wrong. Art is an expression, blah, blah. That's all he drew. He just drew like disembodied lady parts bound and bleeding. I mean, hello. You don't need a psychic to interpret that. So this person is a major influencer for spiritual stuff. And she was always looking at other influencers and comparing herself to them. And worse, she would message me a total stranger whose podcast she loved, but a person she did not know and complain about her abundance. She has a great abundance and it never feels like enough to her. She suffers from very real dysmorphia in all aspects of her life. She is beautiful, but she gets very little pleasure from it. And I did care. I like, as soon as somebody shows me their sadness, I'm just like, I mean, there's my mother face, I guess, when I see somebody's sadness, I do really come alive for that. Um, Such a weird noise just now. Um, But like, I don't know, her self-loathing hurt me so much that I couldn't talk to her. I had to end communication between us. And I wish I could have been more articulate about how she could have shown love to herself and what would have served her to change. Um, I wish I'd been a better mother face to her. But no matter what face you're currently wearing, the goddess protects herself. Don't get sucked into other people's gaping wounds. Protect yourself against the psychic vampires, even when they resemble enlightened beings. And more often than not, they will. Look at all the cult leaders. She took my rejection personally, and I guess it kind of was. But um, I left her behind, and I asked Goddess to walk with her. She is not my responsibility. I mothered that baby as best as I could. And she has, like, the ability to be such a master number that she she's not. She She's pulsing them together and regressing to the small number. And, man, like, it's hard to see somebody with the opportunity. It's just – I guess what I'm saying is, like, social media – if you're hungry on there, you probably don't belong on there. It is not about quenching. I'm not talking about thirst traps. Get them titties out. I'm all about that. I posted some very sexy photos recently. I'm really trying to get into this body again and get other things in this body. Stop. Okay. Anyway, so if social media leaves you hungry and not satiated, you it's not for you. Get the fuck out of there, man. And I will try to do, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get more downloads about Black Lodge stuff. Um, the Just the Crowley stuff that's been coming has been so fun. I can't wait to channel him in October. Motherfucker, it's on. I'm going to do some weird stuff for him. I did something so weird. Oh, I might talk about my Patreon. Something I never thought I would enjoy. I could do very sexual weird shit all by myself. Ritualistic fucking sex magic. Crowley straight up. Now I maybe have given too many hints. Okay, so the goddess protects herself and her abilities, blah, 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 cut cords, meow, 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 get off social. The goddess does not give a fuck about Instagram except to share something that makes her feel helpful or absolutely fabulous. I have personally found that posting serves me, but looking at the posts of others does not. Mindless scrolling robs me. You might be different. Maybe you have constructed a positive and uplifting account that only boosts you. I mean, I'd like to believe I did. I don't follow that many people. Find your happy ground with social media or burn it down. For me, it's the voices. I just need to only hear my voices. And <laughs> maybe I should stop following these people. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. The goddess leans into achieving authenticity and gives zero fucks about gaining approval. You post for you, baby. In, oh God. Wow, I just got such a huge wave of hunger. Okay. Um, and I mean, I'm full of almonds. There's no, this is wild. And I heard that big thud. Anyway, like right in front of my face, a big thud, like somebody stomped. Probably because what about to say? I got a witch who likes to silence me. We'll see if anything goes wrong now. I'm going to talk about it. In my Patreon, I recently read aloud an email I haven't sent, mostly because I need the cord to stay cut to this person who is definitely listening to this episode. Hi. In the email, I see you. I feel you all the time. In the email. I tell her to leave the burnt trash on the ground and to ascend. There is so much weird backstabbing within the witch community. Ironically, and I'm using irony correctly, the witch community perpetuates a lot of pettiness considering we're supposed to be tapping into goddess energy, the exact opposite of the caddy crab. The goddess does not participate in gossip. This is mostly because it just bores her. It just bores her. It's small. It's tiny. It's low magic. It's not even magic. It's, you know, high, low magic. You know what I'm saying? The goddess does not tell people who they can be friends with because she doesn't fucking care who they're friends with. She doesn't care. She would rather talk about the bigger picture and ways to reshape the world. She's interested in ideas, politics, the metaphysical, and philosophy. Science. I Like, it's Shit is fascinating. Gossip is not. She is a seeker. And though she can be a destroyer when necessary. And that's on a grandiose scale. Not with gossip. Gossip is like like in Game of Thrones when you can kill somebody with a sword or you can slip them poison. Gossip is poison. It's Coward. Coward. You're a fucking coward. Anyway. Goddess, I'm not calling it to be a coward. I'm sorry. This I'm really not, but it is a coward. Gossip is for cowards. The goddess would rather laugh at herself than laugh at another person. She takes no joy in tearing anyone down, not even seemingly untouchable political figures. She sees the pointlessness in repeating what has already been said by the masses. She recognizes there are catalysts whose evil forces us into action, Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby, and that these catalysts serve history and mankind in albeit very fucked up ways. And yeah, the goddess will march in protest. She takes action instead of whispering in secrecy or whining. The goddess cuts her cords and burns her bridges whenever necessary. And when she does, it's often a bit dramatic. She goes big, rarely small. All right, here it is. Person I emailed. Well, I'm not sending. I don't think I'm sending this email. We'll see. They know I have um, like a tracker on my website. Now, I can't tell who everyone is who visits my pages. But I know who this is because I've used the Wi-Fi in her house. I saw she jumped on the bandwagon for an event. My new company, Stregsy.com, sponsored in New York City. We were the official sponsor of this event. Now, I spent most of my life in New York City. These are my witches. I don't think she's ever even been there. And these witch events are everywhere all the time. Like, it was just so random. So when she was added to the roster... I asked my friends who organized it. Nobody knew who she was. Like everybody there knows each other. So I looked at my ta counter. You guys should all get that. If you have a website. Oh, man, this is my Venus and Scorpio right here, baby. I like to see and know everything. I know so many things. i getting down a wormhole on the internet. It's, I can't help it. So I see her logging onto my site seeing my Witch Fest post, and then the organizer told me, like, when she signed up to teach the workshops for the event, and I hadn't announced yet that I was sponsoring, that my company was sponsoring, Z was sponsoring. So I don't know the motive here, and I won't assume to know, and I'm not taking this personally. I know she wants my attention. I don't know if this was an act of generosity or a weird fuck you, I mean, it could have been like, fuck you, I can do whatever you're doing. All I ever wanted was an apology from her partner who screamed at me in public and from her for lying to me about his upcoming apology that never came so I would keep producing content for our shared project. She just kept saying, I choose my partner, I choose my partner. And that's fine. I mean, the goddess would get that man apologizing to her beloved friend. I would never fucking let a man talk to my friend. Oh my God, I'd stomp on a dick. I'm not... There she is. There's the Mars energy. I would. I'd stomp on a dick. I I have actually taken a Kindle out of the fucking mitts of my partner and tossed it across the room and said, I'm about to annul this marriage. Like, you'd be nice to that person when they get out of the bathroom. <laughs> That's just, I'm proud of that. That's a crazy bitch too, but I'm proud of that. I could have broken that Kindle. That's not great. Anyway, but I am proud because I took action and you got to take action. Anyway, this person did not. We are not friends anymore, obviously. I blocked her. I accepted nothing was going to be different. I blocked her everywhere. And I just want her to stop talking about me to people and following me around like a goddamn puppy trying to jump on everyone I work with. Or apologize. You want me back? Here's how to do it. Well, honestly, I don't think we're together in this lifetime. I don't know. Um, When I do think about this, though, I know I'm having like a real rant here. I'm all fired up. That heart chakra got me all blingy, bling, bling. Probably shooting blood out of my vagina. I don't even know about (laughs) it. Anyway, when I think about the whole thing, I honestly, all my attention, because like that's all history. That's all done. Their actions don't change historically. But I think about how poorly I handled being mistreated by her. I think about the things I wish I'd done differently and how I wish I could have just like sat and breathed and gotten Zenful um I mean it's fine, like none of it matters the the outcome would not have changed, but I do want to be better. I want to like learn lessons and I turn stuff over my head all the time and wish I'd handled it more calmly. God, I just had a huge fight with some people and it's fine, like <laughs> <My> mom said. <gasps> You just love to fight. And I said, if I loved to f- if I, if it was just about me loving to fight, I would never have moved a 1,000 miles away from my family. I don't really love to fight, but I will fight. Fighting is a form of communication. There was a class at NYU that taught, it was like some marriage class, or I don't know, psychology of marriage, I think is the name of it. Um, and in it, they said that couples who fight – It was like 65% more likely to stay together because it's a passionate form of communicating. Fighting is good. God of war, Mars, Aries. Anyway, I do need Aphrodite man. Um, So I do think about how I handled being mistreated by a baby soul. Oh, that's condescending. I don't mean to say her. She's just only had like this only like our second life here in a long, long time. I've been here Forever. And she was somewhere else. The, if your number is low, you were just somewhere else. I, you know what? I take, I don't want to call people baby souls. You're just baby earth. No, th- that baby just sounds, baby witch, it sounds so condescending. I take that back. I'm a fucking asshole. Sorry. Um, but inexperienced with humans, meow, earth, meow, meow, whatever. You know what I'm saying here. I have found my voice a while ago. So... I don't know. I just really do think about how I handled being mistreated by her because I am the only element that I can control ever, ever. You are the only one you can control. I really don't even think I'm angry anymore about it. Like she popped up teaching her workshop and somebody tried to show it to me and I said, nope, nope, nope. Can't have her voice in my head. I'm always cutting that cord. I'm not looking for it. I keep the focus on myself. I try to be better at controlling myself. I don't expect her to ever make this horrible thing between us right. I wish she would honor and respect me and leave the cord cut. If she can't do the very mature goddess thing. But mostly I consider how I'll handle the next weird Hollywood manager screaming at me and the people I choose to do business with. These two taught me to get things in writing and to ask a lot of questions. They also taught me a lot about what I'm worth. Like they wanted me to do the project with them, but he could have just produced it with her. So I am still flattered. You know, I do still feel this love. They taught me how to protect myself better. And even now that I've calmed down and I'm not ranting and calling people babies, nobody's a baby here. We've all been somewhere. We're all the same age. We've just been other places. I'm grateful for these lessons. I don't want to learn them again because they really fucking hurt. That's why my contract to self-respect, I had to keep, I had to walk away from this. I thought about leaving this out because I know she's going to listen, but I did just have a dream about them. And in it, they were offering me a tiny blue uh, cake shaped like a castle nestled on a baby blue cloud and sitting on a little golden plate. We were in their backyard and I don't know, we were just smiling and laughing and kind of making jokes about how we fucked it up in this life. And I genuinely hope we get it right if we come together in the next life. I seriously send her love and light. Every time she pops up, anybody tries to say her name to me. Um, Mutual friends talk shit about her to me, and I know that they go and talk shit about me to her. I'm putting some fucking air quotes around friends right there. Um, one of my best friends tried to tell me when we were hanging out in um L.A. that he's he started telling me some business thing he was doing with her. And I said, I don't want to know. It doesn't involve me. I don't want to know. I don't want it in my head. Don't want to know. I don't watch, listen, or look at anything she does because it's over. And... I know this because I've done it to a lot of exes, and I don't want to do it to any more. The goddess can fuck up exes just by snooping their social and wishing them harm. I know this person has for me in several ways. You wonder why I don't have more podcast episodes up? Mm. The goddess would rather leave the burnt trash on the ground and ascend. She'd rather use her time and energy to build castles in the clouds. I do send you love and light, but I really need you to stop fucking listening to this podcast and talking about me to you know everybody who. Jesus, love and light. Just seriously fuck off. God, I almost said your name. See, we need to end this. Boom. Mic drop. It's over. God, I hate mic drops. Jokes. It's so dumb. Okay. I've been talking to men again. And it's not going well. (laughs) Please see the part where blood shoots out of my body in protest. But I am really trying. Hmm. In the past, I punished so many men for letting me down. But that was when I let ego and pride take the reins. The goddess does not worry about people loving her. People just do. Do. No romantic interest will ever define how the goddess feels about herself. Can you imagine Aphrodite worrying that Aries is going to show up to ravage her? I mean, she has, yes, but she also goes out and just gets another man. The love she carries for herself is untouchable. I have counseled so many women lately who are afraid to get aggressive with their love interests. And this is the part of that weird-ass pendulum swinging And what we were told about love and sex. Because we've been able to be aggressive now. Women, people identifying as vagina, card-carrying women, whatever. We were told, you know, to read all those dumb books and let them come for us. And they want to work for us and blah, blah. Why can't we be aggressive and they can work for us? Why can't it be both? I've been making an absolute fool of myself for every man who interests me. I don't stay interested for long in <laughs> most of them. But I've always made a fool of myself for love. You have nothing to lose except the love. I never feel st- I did something dumb today. No, I mean, it wasn't dumb. It was good. But I did something dumb a few weeks ago, and I'm trying to undo it. But I never feel stupid or pathetic for making a fool of myself when it comes to love. I ask for what I want. And here's something I know for sure. You end up with the people you're supposed to be with. A relationship runs out when its teachings do, when the lessons are over. That's why you see these couples who like start to gain weight together and they're just like going through the motions. Like the lessons ran out and now they're just creating new problems to learn from, which is, you know, controlling their health Because you're out of lessons. You got to end the relationship. It's fine. That's a normal thing. We all got fat in a relationship. So, or fat, whatever fat is too, right? So when a relationship ends, it is because a better teacher needs to come in. There's a better teacher. I just said this to somebody who's hung up on a guy who just bought a house with another woman. Well, that's over now. There's no bigger sign. I mean, until like he marries the woman, you know, but there's, I I couldn't convince her that there's somebody better, that he wasn't the one. If he was the one, he would be the one with her, not the one with with the other woman. It's just like one plus one equals two. It's basic math here. And I'm not, maybe it's not math. I'm not great at math. Is it math? The goddess knows the sea never runs out of fish. That's math. The question is, will you be able to put your guard down, confidence up, and let the love in? This is the question I have to keep asking myself because I'm really bad at this. The goddess is kinky. She explores her desires. She admits that if something scares or repulses her, it might be something she's meant to explore. This is some Babylon shit right here, you guys. She understands the bigger the reaction— the more necessary her exploration this is very similar to mormons paying uh, sorry mormons paying for more porn than anyone else in the country and no shame i'm glad they're supporting sex workers almost as much as they financially support their church but unlike those mormons the goddess does not fuck with shame she knows sometimes being debased can feel like being worshiped The goddess sometimes sends nudes and feels empowered knowing how they made the receiver feel. She does not send her power out. She gobbles up the reaction and energy of the receiver. She finds what works for her and her gift of a body designed to challenge her and teach her lessons. The goddess's genitals are basically a gateway to knowledge, and the goddess wants to know everything. She's sexually liberated and proud of it, not ashamed. She takes pleasure in her body. I recently forgave everyone. I did this a little ceremoniously. I know I just had that rant, but that's mostly just because I'm sick of the eyeballs and ears on me. I think that's also why I barely ever podcast. I just, like, I'm whining now. The goddess doesn't whine. Just When somebody cuts a cord with you, leave it cut, motherfucker. I forgave everyone a little ceremoniously with one of my favorite manifestors, and it worked. I think a big reason it worked was because the person I performed the ritual with is very much on my level. And this is a major factor when it comes to your magic. If you're going to practice with others, I'm really not into it, but I did need a partner for this. You have got to practice with people on your level. The five people you surround yourself with basically sets your bar for success. Think about that. Who are the five people to whom you're closest? What are their relationships like? Like, seriously. What is their relationship to a partner like? What is their relationship to money like? Because it's gonna infect your own. It's gonna infect or it's gonna inspire your own. This is serious Coven mentality, and I'm mostly anti-Coven because I've seen witches weave magic together and end up like rat kings with their tails tied and them forever gnawing at one another. Not always, but most of the time, the stronger members take energy from the weaker members. And if you remember anything from this episode, please make it this. The goddess does not look for flaws, competition, or weakness in others. She looks for herself in them. She gravitates towards relationships that deliver what she's worth and people who can match it. She seeks relationships that will challenge her in positive ways. She knows there is endless success, money, love, and opportunity in the world and does not feel jealous when others succeed. She feels motivated and inspired by their success. She pulls the successful people closer to latch, not like, not to latch onto their coattails, not not to be like, um, star fucker, so Libra, uh, but to learn from them. Remember that people must qualify to be your friend. Stick to your standards and set your bar high. And this is not to say you should cut people out just because they're not on your level. I recently got super trashy with some old friends in Florida who were chain smoking, snorting coke, drinking white claws, and playing with knives. Classic Florida hang. It was fun. I have no idea when I'll see them again. I don't stay in touch with many people from my childhood. I have found my kindred spirits mostly when I'm exploring major cities. My chosen family value world travel and education. They crack me up more than they complain. They would rather explore their own shortcomings and solutions to improve themselves than tear someone else down. They seek higher truths, and when they speak, it is of higher ideals and values. The goddess does not dump. She does not reach out to loving ears to fill them with complaints. Sure, misery loves company, but the goddess has no interest in perpetuating misery. She does not wish to relive complaints unless she is seeking a way to deal with something. Sorry, I'm burping like crazy. It's all that weird hunger that got punched into my stomach. I'm probably channeling. Eh, it always makes me hungry. <laughs> she does. so. Um, she she doesn't compl- she doesn't relive like this stuff unless she is seeking a way to deal with something that requires action or resolution. Being cut off in traffic or getting rude service at the vegan bakery is not worth retelling for me unless there's a fun anecdote attached. When something small annoys me, I just let it go. I don't hold on to it until I can dump that misery in someone else. If if it's a repetitive thing, yes, my God, please help me figure out how to kill this repeating problem. But just let that misery go. I do an emotional and energetic compost ritual in the shower every day. And I'm not always perfect at it, but I've gotten really good at letting go. The goddess does not need to complain or share the same story with multiple ears in effort to elicit sympathy. The same is true of her successes. Listening to a person brag can feel a lot like listening to someone complain. My Leo Moon is all about harnessing pride. I think everyone should feel it. But there is a huge difference between showing pride and revealing insecurity. The goddess can hear within a braggart's voice their insecurities. They are often not telling you how great they are, but rather trying to tell themselves. But the goddess doesn't feel the need to call them out or to brag in response. The goddess trusts her path, words, and actions, and this can get tricky. Sometimes while walking with the goddess, you will be motivated to teach someone a lesson, and I don't mean in a vengeful way. I'm going to teach you a lesson. No, you will absolutely feel compelled to show them a lesson that they are missing. But the goddess also realizes that not everyone can hear the lesson. Goddess energy can be very triggering to other people who resist stepping into it for themselves. When I eat vegan, which requires control and compassion, when I eat vegan around people who struggle with controlling their own diets and who lack compassion for themselves, I am often met with hostility. I eat vegan for the planet and for animals I'll never even meet. And it fucking sucks. It sucks. People mistreat me for it all the time. On top of that, it makes me uncomfortable to eat out. Knowing my controlled and compassionate eating will likely trigger people around me. I mean, like I just went and ate with people where I had a tiny side salad and I was starving. I always have almonds with me and they're all eating like these big cheesy open faced sandwiches. And I was hungry and I like, you know, you can make anything vegan now, but it sucks. Veganism is great when you're living in LA, which, Oh my God. Yes. Um, and you have access to stuff, but for the most part, you guys, it is a selfless act. Please be kind to the vegans around you. This is also true of my plastic use. Asking for no straw can trigger the person next to you who's sucking on one. As a Master 11 Indigo, I'm here to guide and teach. I have to find the best voice to do so, and it has been really difficult. All my Mars makes me wanna scream loudest until everyone wears themselves out and shuts up. But no one will ever hear me and my messages if I just scream and scream. I'm always working on this one, and I believe I'm supposed to deliver messages on behalf of the planet and animals, and I really don't want to let them down. Your life path is by design. You made a soul contract, chose some fucked up shit to endure, And came here to hurt an effort to grow stronger and wiser. Walking with the goddess is keeping this at the front of your mind all the time. Your challenges are by design. Your design. They are gifts. They are teachers. They are how you level up. And sometimes the challenge is simply to walk away without dousing everything in kerosene. Walking with the goddess means choosing your battles. And sure. Sometimes it does mean dousing everything and throwing a lit match. The goddess honors and loves her body. She exercises for the joy of movement and wellness. This is a really tricky one, but so important. She finds what's fun about fitness. Sometimes it's a chore, sure. She eats what makes her feel spiritually aligned, happy, and healthy. She does not give up her control over the gift that is her body. She finds the middle ground where she thrives in her perfect vehicle without consistent highs or lows of feast or famine. She eats mindfully. She eats with compassion to herself and to the sources of her meal. I don't mean just being vegan. Palm, like I said, it sucks. I understand why not. The whole world is vegan. I get it. All it takes is a tiny bit of strength and a tiny bit of compassion applied to every meal. That's it. That's all you have to do. But aside from veganism, palm oil is a huge problem. Frito-Lay, Pepsi has abused their workers and they're striking. It's a great time to boycott their products. The goddess eats not just for herself, but for the sake of others. You guys, I'm sorry, but I'm never going to stop telling you to stop eating animals. I mean, to st- yes, I'm never going to stop telling you to stop doing that. Um It'll also improve your intuition and psychic abilities. It'll do everything for you. Your skin. Look at look at the skin on me and Sarah's Loverman. The proof is in the pudding. She's she's so all natural. You know that bitch ain't using moisturizer at night. Look at that skin. So that nasty sag. I am a nasty sag. A really good exercise I started years ago was I hung a mirror in my dining room. Seeing yourself eat is a real mind fuck. It forces you to face what's on your plate. I now have mirrors all over my home. I walk around naked and I lose my shit. I have never had this relationship with my body. I think this is also inviting Aphrodite specifically in, but I'm just so enamored with myself and my sacred space of self-worship, the only worship I'm into. The goddess does not require such devotion, just you honoring her. And I'm telling you, this works. I can't go anywhere without a hot, significantly younger man throwing himself at me. It has been bonkers. And it's not because I look good. It's the goddess energy I'm putting out. And also, like, really young men, they don't know to be afraid of it yet the way others do. Let's not emasculate them. Let's let them all enjoy it. So the goddess knows she's not for everyone because most people like to pretend All they can do is crawl around on their bellies, hiding their true face. The goddess has compassion for them, but she won't get on her belly to join them on their level. She will lovingly leave them behind and ascend. It can be very lonely ascending to goddess level, if you look at it that way. Personally, I went through a tiny death realizing how many people this ascension would force me to disconnect from. But every day, I look ahead to rising even higher. I have some really exciting things coming up, events with people who are definitely on a higher level. I trust that I will call in new friends whenever I have to leave one behind, as I always have. And I talk to my beautiful Core Five as much as their busy schedules will allow. I also succumb now and then to non-goddess behavior. But after getting a taste for this energy, I never want to be without it. It boosts everything. And I'm addicted to it the way I used to be hooked on getting a runner's high. I know I took about a, a weird way of answering this letter and I cut some triggering details from your letter. OMG, I'm sorry. I just don't think that everybody would have enjoyed that part. I'm sorry. Um, but we can message uh, we can message off this podcast. I will say open yourself to all the deities and invite them in. I always ask my guides and deities for what I need, not what I want. Invite your deity that you most need in this moment, on your journey. Keep in mind that this will change often. So will the face you wear, whether it's maiden mother or crone. It is terrifying to admit we all have power. We have all the power. It is terrifying to admit we have control and dominion over everything we want. It's easier to say, it's out of my control. It's easier to vibrate at a low frequency, to surround ourselves with people who do not inspire greatness, to avoid challenges, to wallow, to be lazy, to snoop, to look at things that hurt instead of help, to resist apologizing, forgiving, and loving others, to show duty, to Meryl Streep up, to crawl on our bellies and deny ourselves legs. Sure, you'll find a hell of a lot more friends and lovers in the muck than you will among the clouds. But up there is where you'll also find the stars if you're willing to reach just a little bit higher. Please visit stregsy.com to book readings, buy witchy shit, sell witchy shit, sell readings. Maybe I'll stop blasting blood out of my vagina after I fully give birth to this new marketplace please check out my Patreon. I just did a paranormal investigation at Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in West Virginia, and we'll be posting the freakiest stuff for patrons and talking all about it. Um, Some horrible stuff came through. It was awful. Oh, God. But (laughs) I was even just thinking about it. So I think that's actually why I have this cold. Um, I'm posting a past life regression meditation to Patreon as well. Thank you for giving power to my voice. Thank you. I honor you and your dazzling goddess energy. Until next time, keep living a life that's worth burning for.